welcome to another episode of Between the Post. Between the Post are episodes all about inspiration, education, and motivation to help you, the coach, player, parent, or fan, be a better version of yourself on the pitch. My name is Tyler Vaughn, and this is a podcast devoted to goalkeepers and coaches. We also talk players as well, but we're devoted to goalkeepers primarily and coaches and bringing you guys the most relevant topics discussed weekly to help you tackle each season's challenges. Um, We're at a unique time where the seasons are kind of kicking off, and you may be one week, two weeks, or just about to fully kick off that fall season this year. Uh, So it doesn't matter whether you're a veteran coach or or you're a new coach to the game here. Uh, We strive to deliver a variety of topics and also strategies for each of you. Um, You know, Between the Posts is a unique platform that we've tried to create Um, whether it's just for for content that we want to communicate, that we feel is relevant, that we've had conversations myself with other coaches out there that we're we're sensing that there are challenges that each of you are facing, uh, or if we're bringing on guests. Uh, Anytime we bring on a guest, it's hopefully to answer a question you guys have posed, uh, or more importantly, it's to offer a wonderful opportunity for us to hear uh, what's a potentially a unique strategy, uh, a unique... Uh, methodology, and and those are wonderful opportunities to hear from excellent coaches that exist out there uh, that we're also very, very fortunate to have on the show at times. Next week will be another opportunity very much like that where we'll have a guest on. This week we're actually going to change it up. Uh, I think that that's good. A little variety and spice in life is 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 great. Uh, you know, we're we're again we're right on the cusp of new seasons kicking off. Went through through preseason camps over the past few weeks, and myself as a director of goalkeeping, you know, you always have a unique uh, perspective uh, as as we go through typically uh, what is about an hour and a half. But as we go through the goalkeeper side of things, you know, you get the kids for about an hour for us. Uh, we'll take them through goalkeeper related training. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we're going to talk this in a different topic here in, in probably about the next week or so. You know, tackling what is the first few weeks or the first week at least, first training session of the season look like? Uh, you know, I think that you, you're at a crossroads as a, as a new coach. Energy is is abounding very high. We're starting off the seasons. What are we thinking about? So we're going to tackle that, whether you, you, you have the approach of working the skill, working the, the technical skills, or whether you're looking at building a structure. So we're actually going to tackle, tackle that in, in the next week or two on Between the Posts. So that's kind of looking ahead. Um, but again, so I'm going through, you know, I'm going through these different sessions and it made me Maybe kind of get to think that, you know, we have such a unique perspective as goalkeepers. And obviously, we do talk goalkeeping a lot on this particular podcast. If you're a new listener to the podcast, though, um, and you think we want to make sure you don't think, hey, this is only goalkeeper, we do try to give the entire full perspective. And we understand that as goalkeepers, we have to know just as much about uh, really every other position on the field uh, with the players in front of us as we do about the position we play ourselves. You know, the, the modern day goalkeeper. For those of you goalkeeper guys and gals out there, or for those of you that you know want to learn a little bit more and understand a little bit better how to handle your goalkeepers, our goalkeepers really have to be just as efficient and effective uh, with their feet as they do their hands. And you know, there's a lot of of talk around when goalkeepers start to 
you know, be that goalkeeper mindset or mentality when they they assign themselves or the coach assigns a full-time keeper. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation around that. But what we all tend to agree on, uh, if it's not the particular age potentially, that that should occur, we all do agree that goalkeepers should focus just as much with the ball at their feet and the skills that they need to develop as a full, well-rounded soccer player as they do at uh, the goalkeeper-specific skills. So uh, with the goalkeeper-specific skills, uh, we looked at kind of leading off or digging into the uh, to the, the first few sessions uh, last week with, with that kind of mindset of building confidence, just reaffirming some of the things that obviously we'd left off with what seems like months ago for a lot of players that that I'm kind of working with that it, it, it was uh, somewhat apparent that we hadn't done a whole lot this summer, which is normal at different levels at the club scene or the recreation and academy levels. You know, let's face it, these are kids, uh, you know, kids hopefully are having a good time, taking some time off. We don't want to burn these players out. So I'm, I'm OK with it, you know, ideally in a perfect world. Maybe a few of them could have done a little bit more. But, you know, it's one of those things that as a coach, um, as we look at the, the next episode, uh, when we talk kind of how do you start a season off, uh, I, I thought and took the approach of building the confidence, reaffirming the technical skills, reaffirming some of the, 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 the foundation that we built over the season prior to kind of get all that stuff to start coming back to the players you know, I was fortunate to have them for an hour to go through that routine, and then they went off and they went into full-sided or small-sided uh, scrimmages, depending on the age and the space that they were dealing with. So that was kind of what we wanted to do, and I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm trying to to give a, a little bit of insight into what we've got going on out here and to kind of what I'm seeing, and it was great. You know, we built that confidence. We had the keepers go through. Go through kind of the uh, the technical side, going through the different ways they can make saves. Obviously, I'm dealing with some more developmental goalkeepers, some goalkeepers that are, you know, they're 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 certainly learning, but they certainly have a lot of things that they can strengthen and and really uh, reminding them of the technique that we spent what's in like months trying to to train them to be comfortable with uh, in a game scenario. That was how we we looked at uh, you know starting the season off. And again, I've said it a couple times. It's building that confidence, right? I really wanted to have them you know come back out, have some fun, build the confidence. Again, all the while we're remembering what in the world did we work on months before. And uh, again, we spent a lot of time working on that stuff. So I really wanted to kind of have that flood back in. So I'm pleased. Had a blast. Wanted to bring that in. Uh, I think it's anytime uh, we on here, whether it's a guest or it's myself, can connect to you guys listening out there. We're not superstars. We, um, we're seeking the same things you guys are seeking, uh, which is m- more knowledge, more understanding. You know, looking to try to diversify our training, looking to try to try out new methodologies, looking to, you know, I think this is a sport that's constantly evolving and therefore our training must evolve as well with it. So I wanted to share that. We had a great little season, preseason kickoff. Um, throughout the, the, the next episodes, obviously through the summer, we talk a little more general. This summer we had some great World Cup to watch, so we might have been a little more distracted than potentially in the past, but I know that we rolled out some wonderful episodes. And if you've had an opportunity as a new listener or a returning listener and you missed potentially a few episodes here or there, go back and listen to some of those guests because they were top-notch goalkeepers, top-notch coaches, and top-notch people as well to have on this, this particular show. And again, that gets us back to the platform. Between the Post is a platform for you 
the listener to hopefully become better at wherever you might be uh, in your soccer career, in your soccer development, whether a coach or a player or a parent even. But it's also a platform that we want others to have to share their experiences and to share potentially some methods and strategies that are, again, relevant and current, but more importantly, beneficial to you, the listener. So that's my my soapbox for a minute, but I did want to kind of convey and give a shout out to the keepers that I've been working with. You know, it's, it's, it's always a high energy situation, right? When you start, and all of you have been through this, when you start in a new season, you've got a new team, maybe you've got the same team, new players, new mentality, new mindset, new approach, new approach. Um, and it's at times I think that I've learned over my career and over my, my time coaching that sometimes that energy can almost work against you because you come in, you want to force, uh, you know, a million different ideals on, on these players. You, you know, we're totally changing it up from last year. You, you watched the world cup this, this past summer, maybe you saw something and you thought this is what we need. This will, this will unleash the talent that I've been waiting for. And, you know, and I think that that's a great thing to want to, to want to set the, the bar higher, but I also think that we as coaches have to remember, hey, the kids are as, as excited as ever to be back in most cases. Um, and that energy from all of us, you know, we have to have that uh, focused. And, and I think that I saw a lot of coaches out there when I was, you know, just observing and watching some of the scrimmaging. Man, they were coaching like it was the World Cup final that we watched this past summer. And, you know, I'm thinking that, Listen, these kids just got off their couch. Uh, not all of them, obviously, being a little sarcastic, but they just walked off their couch to the first training session of the summer. And here we are wondering why they don't have the fitness to keep up and their mind is not, um, you know, their mind and their body aren't working together quite well. So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I get a bit of a chuckle, but I think it reaffirms a lot of the conversations we have on here, a lot of the, the guests that we've had on here, you know, um, and a lot of the methods that we've tackled and strategies we've kind of talked through on here. It, it It's unique from my perspective, and I hope for those of you that are listening to these episodes that it's unique from your perspective, that you get to listen to an episode every single week, and then you go out to your training sessions, whether you're the coach or whether you're the the parent watching, and I think it hopefully gives you this this new perspective and or it allows you to question, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing whatsoever. So, again, got a little off topic, but, man, I wanted to talk and, again, just kind of relate to you guys and have everyone understand that, listen, we're going through the same process you guys are going through. I hope that that we're always striving to – for us, I know that I'm always striving to be my best. Not every day is a good day, but as coaches out there and leaders, we have that – uh, kind of forced upon us and coming upon us to 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 show up, be prepared, and to make sure that as we approach new seasons, again, we're, we, we have the summers off, hopefully, to re-energize. We talked about that a little bit last week. On last week's episode with the five effective habits or uh, the five habits of effective coaches, and, you know, one of those things is taking that off season and, and really kind of kind of learning and kind of refocusing and re-energizing yourself. And I think that, um, you know, this is an exciting time of year for soccer, especially for you, the coach, uh, parent, or player. So we thought change it up a little bit this week. Like I said, uh, we haven't done this really from a goalkeeping perspective, and we we haven't quite done this really in in any particular aspect. But, you know, we had a question that came in, and I thought that uh, as I started to answer the question, I felt that this might just be a unique 
uh, intro into this week's episode or the new episode of the week. But uh, as I dug into it, I, I started to get the sense that this itself uh, potentially deserved a little bit more time and just deserved a little bit more space on the show. So I think this episode, this particular week, might end up being a little bit shorter for those of you guys. I think hopefully a lot of you will will, will not find that an issue as you are likely more more busy and um, a little more distracted than ever if you're like us here that we've got training multiple times a week that a few weeks ago we didn't necessarily have on top of all the other things in life that we have to tackle as adults. But uh, I thought this would be a wonderful episode, and it's uh, it's kind of a, a, a good time, I think, for, for this question to come through, uh, which is, uh, I'm assuming, kind of where this particular listener was coming from. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, I, I hope that this helps a coach help a player or a player help themselves as they look this season at improving a specific aspect of their game. So this week we're going to change things up again, deliver a bit more focused episodes. We're going to have a little bit more of a focused topic, obviously not as open-ending. And it came to us from a question of one of our our listeners, actually. So last week I got an email from a guy named Brendan. Uh, He reached out and his question was regarding penalty save strategies for his son, who was a goalkeeper at the club level. So Brendan wrote, Tyler, my son has struggled with saving penalties during his club games. Though PKs don't happen all that often, they somehow always end up defining the outcome of the games he's in. I can relate to that. You know, so he goes on, he says, as a parent, we've told him that it's really not a situation where keepers are expected to make saves. As you can imagine, he struggled with that response, response, which I get. My question is this. Are there methods, strategies, or even ways to help him have a better chance of saving the next PK? New seasons are right around the corner, so I thought I would ask. Also, is this just a matter of guessing which way to dive and going for it? Um, And then he he closes with, I've got a 14-year-old who hopes you have the secret sauce. So, Brandon, thanks so much, of course, for reaching out. And, and again, thanks for sending that in. Um, I wish I had the secret sauce. So, uh, but, but I do have some suggestions. Um, I think that we all wish we had a full-time, uh, full-on solution to stopping PKs from a goalkeeper perspective. But unfortunately, you pretty much just hit the nail on the head. Um, it, it's, it's a tough position for a goalkeeper to be in. You know, and that being said, I do have some suggestions, uh, obviously, Brendan, for you and for all of the goalkeepers and parents out there that are facing uh, a spot kick. I have to kind of lead off and preface all this with there are a dozen different philosophy strategies uh, that, that go on or could be applied to a, a penalty kick uh, from a goalkeeper perspective, of course. But the bottom line is we go throughout these different strategies. It's more like these are these are strategies, but they're also um, just kind of things that we should be thinking through as goalkeepers from that perspective when we're standing with our heels on the line looking at a player that seems like they're five yards away, much less 12. So it's one of those situations that, you know, we have to consider um, that at the end of the day, frankly, you need to find the strategy as a goalkeeper that works best for you. So it's, it's really important to remember as we dive into this and touch on these topics and answer your question that some of the best PK stoppers um, and shot stoppers in general, but especially from the penalty kick, uh, I, you know, frankly, even when asked in interviews, they, they don't quite have an answer for this question of how, how are you so efficient and effective at, at defending and blocking 
from the spot. You know, it's it's one of those things that even the best keepers in the world, it's not that they don't necessarily know. It's just that they're playing to their strengths. So I think that as we go through this today, take some of these strategies and pass them along to your son and and, and other coaches and, and parents potentially that are listening to this and even players you know, pass these ideas along, then have them go train and play and practice these and figure out what's working, what's not working. I think that would be my suggestion before we dive into this. Uh, but, you know, remind uh, your goalkeeper that, you know, the, the great thing about penalties is this. A goalkeeper is not really ever expected to save the shot. And frankly, there's not a lot of situations that, at the club levels, yes, at the professional level, no. But I know we're, do- we're talking more at the club level. There there are few situations where the goalkeeper is to blame for the penalty and also then remains in the game to save the penalty, right? You just don't see see a lot of that. Typically for us goalkeepers, if we're going we're gonna to earn a penalty, we're going to take someone and just um, knock them in the next year and then we'll be sitting and watching from the, from the sidelines for the rest of the game. But, but my point is this. Look, you know, especially in, for goalkeepers who you're not to blame but you're facing a penalty – no one really expects you to save that shot. I mean, it, let's just face it here. Uh, the statistics are very clear. It's one out of 10 PKs typically get saved for goalkeepers. So, you know, if you've got one out of 10, your your percent chance of of making that save is pretty low. And, and a lot of other players, they know that, right? So this means that the keeper has a really wonderful opportunity. You have an opportunity to be the hero in this situation. And I think that that's, that's where you start with, with saving a PK and reminding goalkeepers and helping young goalkeepers understand the situation. Overanalyzation can be the killer of a penalty kick, right, from a goalkeeper's perspective. Frankly, it can also be the killer from the, the, the shooter's perspective as well. But here on today's episode, we're not going to help the shooter. We're just going to help the goalkeeper. So, you know, I think, again, let's put it in perspective. Goalkeepers, if we're only, again, just statistically, some might be a little better than others, but statistically, we we really only save, um, looking at past uh, players and, and current players, we're only saving about one out of every 10 PKs. Uh, again, Different strategy that, uh, strategies at the professional level could make those those uh, numbers jump maybe up to two out of ten. But again, thinking about this realistically, when with the professional side, not only is the the goalkeeper better, uh, is the the preparation is also better for the goalkeeper. They're they're watching footage, they're doing other things that youth players aren't going to do necessarily. But again, more importantly, the shooters also are better. So. Uh, I wouldn't think the, sh- the, the the statistics on that change a whole lot. Uh, that was a very comprehensive stat, and I think it's probably still pretty accurate. So, again, this is a situation for the goalkeeper to be the hero. It's not the, uh, really a situation where, where the goalkeeper is expected to make this save. So, you know, I think that I would suggest for any goalkeeper or any coach out there listening that wants to t- convey these points to a goalkeeper that you take – you know, you take that in, you, you know, that stat, uh, and you really realize that there's no point in adding extra pressure associated with facing this particular situation when a ball is placed 12 yards away from you. Um, I think, again, overanalyzation for goalkeepers can be a killer. You know, with everything we talk about today and why we let off with that, I think that I would suggest very highly figuring out what works for you, sticking with what works for you, because every time you face a, a you know, a shooter or a kicker from the spot, 
uh, th- it's usually going to be a different player. They're going to have a different mindset themselves and potentially would be kicking right foot, left foot. So there are just too many variables for us, the kicker, I mean, for us, the goalkeeper, to really actually even be able to begin to comprehend as it relates to the few seconds you have to think through all these different options um, while waiting for the approach. So, again, overanalyzation can be a killer here. But I think that you need to know your strategy prior to the game, prior to facing uh, a penalty kick uh, in the middle of a game. You know, Brendan, you're right. It seems like no matter what, the penalty always somehow ends up defining the results, defining the outcome of the game, uh, whether it's in the first minute or whether it's in the 90th minute on the 11 v 11 side. You know, so I think that... um, you you as a keeper your your son is a keeper you you have to you have to know going in hey this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to stick with it now that can be a variety of different things are you picking a side and going hard to that post you know are you waiting till the ball's kicked and then trying to react or are you deciding to dive based on maybe reading the player those are all a couple different strategies i'm not going to advocate for necessarily one over the other but we are going to tackle one today that i think is an interesting approach that you might look at next time um whether uh, you're a keeper or brendan your son might look at the next time he's out on the on the training field you know, so we're going to discuss the the strategy of reading the player to determine the flight of the ball or to determine the location of the kick. Again, side note, there is no secret to this uh, that is foolproof that will bump you up to 9 out of 10 PK saves. I just want to be clear. I want to set the right expectation. We're trying to help you save more than you previously did, you as a goalkeeper uh, or you as a coach potentially, helping your goalkeepers but it's it's not about uh, looking at these different strategies and integrating them into what you're doing and thinking, well, hey, I'm going to be the, the first goalkeeper ever to save every single PK. You know, maybe there is one out there that exists. We'd love to have you on the show. But it's just more about bumping up the consistency and bumping up the saves, right? And giving yourself just a better opportunity to be that hero because that's what it's all about. You make that save in the last dying minutes of the game to win the game as opposed to go walk away with one point and a tie. You know, that that's the hero mentality, and that's that's what we as goalkeepers, a lot of times we're in the middle of those posts for that reason, to be the hero. Uh, because ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter what, there are a lot of, a lot of saves that we're not supposed to make that we end up uh, as goalkeepers making. That's how they get on ESPN's top 10, right? So we, we have to think about that. Let's be the hero here, but also let's let's take a realistic approach, and that's what we're going to walk through. So when we talk reading the player, just again as, as one strategy out there, for those of you thinking that I'm crazy after you listen to this, uh, that's fair, and I understand. Again, this is all about you picking your strategy that works best for you. If you're the keeper that has the reactions of a tiger, Go for it. Wait till they kick it. Dive the side. I just am thinking from a more sustainable approach that allows for the variability of players that are kicking it at us. This hopefully gives you a better opportunity. Again, 10 of you could argue the opposite. I'm good with that. Again, at the end of the day, please hear me loud and clear. Find what works for you no matter what. Whether you're finding it on YouTube, you're finding it on some blog somewhere, or someone else, another coach or another player shows you a strategy. Again, if it works for you, hey, that's what we're all about here. Be the hero. So the strategy we're talking, again, reading the player. So how how do we read players' body language as they approach a penalty kick? So again, the player that we're referencing here is the kicker, the shooter. So from a goalkeeper's perspective, 
you know, it's best to first look at how the player is standing behind the ball. So a player puts the ball down on the spot or the ref does player goes up, touches it, does their secret, uh, whatever they think is going to help them knock it past you. And then they take their steps back. Uh, it's, it's critical to look at how they are uh, lined up behind the ball. Uh, if the player is standing pretty straight on behind the ball, it usually means they're going to kick the ball across their body. So again, we're going to deal with a right-footed player here today. That's probably the most common. Uh, no offense, lefties, I apologize. But, but to try to paint the picture very clearly, since this is a little, little tricky with one angle of the kicker and one angle of the goalkeeper, and I'll try to explain that best as I can. So we're going to deal with a right-footed player. So if a right-footed player is standing pretty straight on behind the ball, if you think about it, there's really no way for a right-footed player to go with with the balance that's required. With the again the physical balance that's required, go out and test this. Uh, any of the theories today, you, you can really test them. Just be careful because as you hear me go through this, it will make sense. If you go out thinking, uh, "I want to prove Tyler wrong," oh wait, I can I can do this. It's opposite of what he said. Yes, it can be done, but I'm just telling you in the split second. Uh, this is typically, from a balance perspective, what what a keeper's going—I mean, a shooter's going to do. W- typically, straight on from behind the ball, they're going to kick the—they're going to kick and swing their their again their right foot across their body. So, from a goalkeeper's perspective, we're talking about you making a save to your right. Okay. So again, if the player is standing pretty straight on behind the ball, it typically means they're either going to go down the center or. From a goalkeeper's perspective, to your right. Okay, so this is a this is kind of a uh, just something that we definitely want to consider here. Here's another side note to that: a lot of players start some of the best players in the world. They start straight on, so the goalkeeper leading up until the run up. The goalkeeper does not know or does not have any clue of which side they potentially would go to. What happens immediately when the whistle is blown? Again. Uh, take a few minutes to just look anywhere on YouTube and look at PKs, look at some of the best players in the world. What happens when the when the when the whistle's blown is the keeper, I mean the the shooter, then starts their run up, and they then peel out to one side or the other. Uh, for a right-footed player, I've seen a lot of right-footed players do this. They start straight on, right behind the ball, as to not give anything away to the goalkeeper. Whistle gets blown, and then they take two or three steps out to their left, and then bend their run up. All right. So I just want to be very clear. If they're straight on, they're going to have to do something that gives you if they as they approach the ball, as they make their run, if they're running straight towards that ball, it is a very, very high chance that they are going to your right side as a goalkeeper. Again, a right footed player approaching the ball straight on is typically kicking it either right down the middle or they're going to kick it across their body, which would be to the right of the goalkeeper. Um, again, there are a couple variables there, but at some point, if they're approaching the ball, they're either going to stick to that line or they're going to open their hips up and they're going to start to bend their run in, which changes things a little bit, but we'll talk about that. Um, again, just, just understand that typically straight on, they're going to kick the ball across their body. It's due to how your hips work, opening your hips without a curved run is actually very tricky to do. Can it be done? Yes. But just understand that your best bet is to be thinking, hey, they're either going to go down the middle or they're going to go to my right. So, uh, again, with a, with a right-footed player, if they approach the ball off to the side, so right-footed players, this would be the left side. Okay, So a right-footed player typically approaches the ball 
with about two to three steps, maybe more, depending on who they are and what they're trying to do with the curve on the ball. But they're going to approach off to the left of the ball. If you go out and kick a ball normally yourself and you're trying to put some some curve, some swerve, some movement on it, right? you're going to go from the left and you're going to come in and really try to hook and bend your hips right around that ball and, and take the foot on the outside and wrap it around. The same is very much the, the facts with taking a penalty kick. So if they are approaching it off to the side, they're probably looking to, to play the ball uh, either bending it in to the back post. The back post would be as a goalkeeper facing the PK spot would be to your left. So again, right-footed player, hips are open. They're probably looking to bend the ball away from you to your left all right, that's a natural kicking motion for a lot of players. It's also uh, an opportunity for for the shooter to keep the ball away from the the keeper for the longest amount of time as it bends the arc around. It, it's a strategy that is often used quite a bit, especially at the club levels, at the youth levels, because it's just the natural shape of how your foot wants to wrap around the ball and how that ball wants to spin towards that other post. It is also an opportunity when a player steps off to the side to allow their hips to be open to the goal and open to the ball. If a player is stepping, if a, a, a shooter is stepping and you see them, they're, you know, put the ball down, they take their steps back, and then they take a few steps left, again, they can either bend it to that back post or potentially they're looking to open their hips and just play it in. Both usually are going to your left, though. It's just the flight of the ball that changes. Can they play it down the middle? Yes. Could a player play it across their body off balance? Yes, they could still. So just be aware. Again, these are not strategies, though I wish they were. Brendan, I apologize. These are not strategies that are going to give you the, 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 the answer every single time. This is just what the vast majority would be doing. Um, so again, so you'll have to kind of follow me here. D- due to the balance that all the players are going through, when they're kicking a ball, something interesting is kind of occurring with their opposing arm. So a right-footed player, we're talking left hand. Right-footed player, left hand. Um, the same would be true with, with the left-footed player. That's your right hand. So now with the right-footed player kicking the ball across their body. So let's think about this, and I'll, I'll try my best to explain it because this is definitely something that occurs, and I challenge you to go out and take a look at this. Don't tell the players you're working with um, or your teammates that you're looking at this particular aspect. I've done that before, and guess what? Every single player that was kicking a ball tried their very best to do the opposite, and it can be done. It just is not not natural physically. So we don't suggest giving these players the answers, these shooters the answers, especially when you're trying to practice this kind of thing and picking it up and reading their, their run-ups. Uh, you, you tell them you're reading their run-ups, and all of a sudden a right-footed player will be starting from the right side of the ball, coming around, hitting it with the outside of their foot, bending it. So, I mean, really everything goes out the window. But that's not how they're going to take a penalty, right? So there are a lot of things that players can do and shooters can do in a practice goalkeepers that they're never going to do when they face that spot kick. So just understand that. So we want to try to create real situations that you're really going to be facing. So, again, we're looking on a right-footed player at the left hand. Something interesting interesting happens with your left hand as a right-footed player when you approach kicking a ball. It moves as almost a counterbalance to your body and the way you're shifting your weight. All right. So, again, for a right-footed player kicking the ball, 
their body typically has to have some balance to it. If you think about it, you've got a plant foot. How you how far out you plant, how close to the ball you plant, that determines your balance. So again, just as a keeper, go out in the backyard and try this a couple times, and I think you're going to kind of say, oh, wait a second, this does make sense, and now this gives me a little bit of a unique uh, view into what players are going through and shooters are going through when they're approaching that kick. So again, we're looking at the left arm of a right-footed player. So if if a player is striking a penalty kick and, again, a right-footed player, typically their left hand is going to show you what side of the goal they're trying to kick the ball. So it's very simple. Uh, cue the chuckling in the background, but it's it's simple from this perspective. So uh, if they want to to play the ball across their body in almost every scenario they're required again not really by choice but actually just just balance and how their body responds to to moving and trying to kick the ball if they're looking to kick the ball across their body so for a player across their body is to the left a right-footed player in almost every scenario you 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 can notice that they actually will keep their left hand tucked in close to their waist Again, for a right-footed player to kick the ball across their body, typically they're going to keep their left hand tucked in close to their waist or to where their pockets would be, um, in close to their bodies. That's Again, that's a balanced thing. Go out, try it. Can you do it without doing this? Yes, please understand. You can do that. I'm talking more in a scenario where we're thinking about where we're kicking it, not necessarily how we're kicking it as a, as a shooter. So just understand that that this all requires a bit of perspective and and thought process from the fact that listen when players are going to go and approach that ball they're not going to be thinking about this stuff and especially in training if you, again if you go tell your strikers hey want to want to practice some PKs well frankly that's all you've got to say because they're going to lose their mind thinking this is the best day ever keepers don't like practicing penalty kicks of course but you know if you tell them these strategies and say hey I'm going to practice watching your run up they're going to start to change their run-up to try to trick you. So just understand, please, if you're going to train as a goalkeeper, you know, Brendan mentioned this to your son, he does need to train these ideas uh, to see if they are, they're working for him, to see if they, they fit with his skills and um, where he is as a player developmentally. I think that you, know, you, you keep that stuff to yourself and, and just observe. Uh, I, I always, we'll kind of go back to this in the end, but... I, you know, I always want to say, hey, listen, take observe first as a goalkeeper, as a coach, and watch what we've gone, what we're gonna, what we're continuing to go through today, and you'll see that it very, very much. Uh, if you've got one out of ten times that you could, you should be saving PKs. I'd say this is probably close to to seven, eight out of ten times. This is working spot on, and will give you a chance to uh, go to the right side. But you know, don't don't tell anybody up front, please. I assure you, this will completely throw you off then and then you'll be thinking this is crazy why did i spend my time listening to this guy but i can tell you it does work and it very much is supported not necessarily with opinions but it's really just supported with how your body uh, from a balance standpoint is working as you approach to kick a soccer ball the same is actually true in any time you're kicking a soccer ball from a balance standpoint so you as a keeper can go in the backyard and take a look at this think through it and just kind of visualize what you're going to be seeing from the other angle so again, the first thing to look at is the left hand of a right-footed player. If they want to kick the ball across their body, for a right-footed player, across their body is to the left. All right, That's not opening their hips, going away from their body. They're kicking it across their body. That represents how their leg is coming across their body as they follow through with the, uh, on the ball. 
But again, in, in usually in every scenario, if they want to kick the ball across their body, their left hand is going to stay tucked in relatively close to their waist. Um, does it mean it's in their pocket, in their shorts? No, it doesn't. But tucked in versus what we're going to talk about in a second, the opposite, which is open and out to the side. There is a distinct difference. All players are subtly different in terms of how how much it varies, but tucked into the side if uh, their left hand should be, if they're kicking it across their body. Uh, listen to this, get out of the car, or get out of the house in a second, go out and try this once we go through the next one. I think you'll actually believe it or not. You'll, you'll be able to see that this is just, it is naturally what, what your body wants to do from a balance standpoint. So, you know, again, there is, as you imagine, caveats to these things. If a right-footed player wants to curl the ball to the right post of the kicker, um, so again, the right post, they can still keep their hands a, a tad tucked in, but their approach to the ball has to change, okay? So that means that if they're trying to kick the ball to the far post, I'm a goalkeeper, I'm staring at the spot, that's my left of a right-footed player, that's my left as a goalkeeper. If they're looking to bend that like Beckham to the back post, um, they, they can still tuck their hand in, but here's the deal. They're going to have to adjust their run-up to the ball itself, Okay. So does it still work in that scenario? Yes, believe it or not, it does. Again, in most cases, it's about how the leg, the foot, the whole leg wants to come across the ball. So if you think about it, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I just don't want you looking at the leg, the hand, the, sh- the hips, the shoulders, the this, the that, all in the split seconds of about one second to try to determine where you're going to fling your body. It's easiest just to pick one thing, look at the hand. So again, uh, they could do that, but it, their their approach to the ball is going to have to change, just so you know. All right, so uh, let's think about what if they want to go across their body, right? What if they're looking to open their hips up, slot it in? Um, you know, it, oftentimes, whenever we're looking at a player who is a shooter who's got a, an, an exaggerated run up and they're looking to bend the ball to that to my left side as a keeper again with lots of curve it's not a bad approach especially at the youth levels you know the professional levels you've got someone kicking it a million miles an hour that could hit essentially a dime that would be hanging off the crossbar because they're just that good and they're that accurate at the youth levels though a lot of coaches are telling their players like Look, go go with go with what's natural. Well, naturally, you're going to kick and bend and put that side swerve, side curve, side movement on a ball if you naturally kick it across your body. So naturally, a lot of players are going to go, a right-footed player is going to go for your left side because they can keep, again, the ball is going to get away from you. The ball is going to stay away from the goalkeeper for a longer amount of time. It's going to approach the goalkeeper different, and it gives you, the keeper, less of an opportunity to make that save. So it's not a bad approach, but here's what happens from a shooter perspective. So goalkeepers, this isn't a bad thing for you. From a shooter's perspective, especially at the youth levels, think about how many times that player has seen it on TV, a ball get bent into the top of the net or the side netting, and it's great. Technique-wise, it's a fine line. Right in terms of f- success and failure, think about how many times a lot of players, when they go for that far side, that left post, again, I'm talking from a goalkeeper perspective, kicking it to your left, they're going to bend that ball in. Think about how many times they miss wide because they just tried to compensate, to bend it in, to slide it in that corner, to make it look really, really great, have it go in the goal, but they push it wide because they had either A, not enough curve on the ball, 
or potentially they just aimed and compensated too far outside of the post. Or also the opposite of that is true. Think about how many players that they, they again, they compensate. They don't want to push it wide. They want to keep it on frame. They end up putting too much curve on the ball and or they're just aiming a little bit too far inside and where does that push the ball well it pushes it closer to the goalkeeper so these are good things for you as a keeper just understand that that as we we look at opening our hips the hand's going to do something a little bit different right so um Oftentimes, players, when they want to open their hips and play the ball, not necessarily uh, with their laces, I'm talking just with the inside of the foot, they're looking to to approach the ball. Um, a keeper's thinking, oh, they're going to kick it across their body. Nope, they open their hips, boom, they slot it away from you. This is a common technique, a common approach. It's definitely something that happens all the time. So what does that look like? Well, for a right-footed player trying to go across their body, opening their hips, that means the hips would be uh, square to the goal. They're going to open their hips, open their right leg out, uh, hit it hit it typically with the inside of the foot. Uh, their left hand is actually going to be opened. Uh, again, it, it really does kind of look like the palm is open. Even if they ball their fist, it's going to be opened and out to the side. So their left hand will be pushed out to the side in some form or fashion. It does very much... Uh, look a lot different than when they're going across their body. They tuck their hand in when they're going across the body, open their hands out when they're going uh, away from their body. So again, if they're looking to approach, uh, whether it's straight on or off to the side, if they're trying to open their hips and kick that ball away from them, again, where is this from a keeper perspective? This is to your left. Right-footed players opening their hips, ball is going to your left okay but from a a shooter's perspective we're kicking it to our right all right so i'm the kicker i'm the shooter stepped up spot kick whistle blows i want to kick it away from the goalkeeper to the right of the goal from my perspective the kicker i want to kick it to the right of the goal naturally as a right footed player i'm going to have to open my hips and i'm going to have to have my hand from a balanced perspective if you think about this go out and try it Think about how far that right leg is going to go out into space, throwing your balance off. How does the body deal with this in that fraction of a second? We throw our arm out to counterbalance that weight shift. Again, I'm not scientific and I don't think I know anatomy, but I'm just telling you the facts here and this is just naturally how the body works. So if you thought you were going to get anything less than anatomy here on today's episode, I'm telling you what, here we are. So just go out and practice it. It's just one of these things that it's kind of uh, common sense, but it's a common sense detail that I know for a fact I didn't learn until very late in my career. Uh, I, I'm sure I, I, I can almost guarantee in my own mind that had I known this earlier, man, I tell you what, my penalty saves uh, would have been out of this world. But unfortunately, I didn't know until Pretty much it was too late. So hopefully I have helped another keeper out there. So uh, a few topics here. Uh, Again, right-footed player, left hand. What's it doing? Is it out to the side? Are they trying to kick the ball away, open their hips, kick it away from their body? Is it tucked into the the inside? Are they trying to kick across their body? Go out, practice it. Do not tell the players that you're working with, whether you're a coach or you're a goalkeeper. Don't tell them that this is what you're looking at. I promise this will be completely the opposite because they're going to be trying to do it the opposite of what you're trying to see. So just understand that 
keep this stuff to the, to yourself. It's it is a secret. So uh, unless you're listening to the podcast, no one else in the world knows. I'm sure uh, this is a very closely held Renegade GK secret. We're delivering here to you. But no, I mean in all reality, uh, again, think about it from a player's perspective. That when they when you step up as a player to the the penalty. You know, there's a million things going on in your mind, but I guarantee you for the the player, it's not going to be, all right, where's my hand need to go so I trick the goalkeeper. That's just not what they're going to be doing. So we don't want to create that in a training session because from a goalkeeper's perspective, you're not going to get the the practice and the training that you need if you're going to, you know, start to kind of take a look at at really – integrating this particular strategy into what you're you're looking to do from a from a goalkeeper's perspective from saving penalties so practice this first if it works for you great it's a it's a lot about being able to visually identify and focus in on on the hand very very quickly and then obviously react and respond after that is it a strength of every goalkeeper no is it it it, could it be your strength absolutely could you have more uh, more a better opportunity potentially just picking a side and going hard to it. Yeah, you definitely could, but uh, again, that's all about the statistics. It's uh, how how are you determining which side you think that players go to the most? I, I don't know how you determine that. Maybe you just have a strength on your right side. You go to the right every time. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. So this particular strategy that we've laid out here today. I, I think it's for the keeper who's looking to do something more than just pick a side and go hard to one side. I think that hopefully it's for a keeper who's looking to um, actually use a strategy, I, I guess, is kind of what this is, a strategy that that is backed by a, a, a realistic approach to how players are kicking a ball. So I hope that that's what we were able to convey here. You know, when considering everything I've laid out, I really just suggest going through the motions in the, in a practice uh, from a keeper's perspective. But uh, first, I, I really always like to suggest players watching first, so not standing in the net, standing from that same perspective, but standing from an angle that they're not necessarily the goalkeeper that's that's making the save because they're then they're just thinking about, all right, the ball's kicked, now I've got to do something. So we want to give a goalkeeper a youth player, whoever it might be, we want to give them a chance to observe without actually standing in between the post. All right. And that was funny how we did that between the posts. That's interesting. I didn't mean to do that, but that is, I guess we came up with a good name, but uh, we want to give them an opportunity to, to observe. And, you know, observing is different when you're standing in the net and you are about to have a ball kicked at you as hard as the player kicking a can. So give them a chance to observe. And I think that, you know, well, I've done it time and time again, and 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 the the critical thing as a coach, you're gonna want to do this. I'm telling you, I've seen it uh, uh, too many times. I you know I tell people this, and then they say, "Oh my gosh, this actually works." What do they do? Then they go tell their shooter, they go tell their strikers. Well, it's not realistic from that standpoint. So we're gonna keep these secrets to ourselves, goalkeepers and coaches out there. Um, you know, again, just as as we kind of look at wrapping up here, can. Can certain players do the opposite of what I just laid out? Yes. Could you do the opposite of what I laid out? Yes. Is it natural? No. So again, a keeper, you have to remember, are you expected to make these saves as a goalkeeper? No, you're not. Are you? Do you have an opportunity to be the hero? Yes, you do. That's the, cir- the circumstance and the situation we are facing um, as a goalkeeper when facing penalty kicks. And listen, if the statistics read one out of 10 PKs saved on average, then I think this technique... 
I, I know for a fact this technique will help you. You got to train it. You got to be comfortable with it and familiar with it prior to rolling this out into your first game this season. But this is going to give you a higher chance, and, and it's improving your odds of making those saves. Now, does that mean you're going to go out and have you know nine out of your next ten PKs saved? If so, give us a call, shoot us an email. I will happily let you on the show so you can reaffirm my thoughts here. Uh, but we're going to be realistic. We're just hoping to bump those odds up to give you a better chance of making that safe. All right. Um, you know, kind of in closing, we, I just really want to encourage you to find your own routine, to find your own strategy that works best for you to be that hero. Uh, with so many techniques out there from, uh, again, going hard to one side, anticipating maybe where you think they're going to shoot it, picking a side, boom, just go for it. It's not a bad idea. I, again, that's that's just a different mindset. I, we've seen keepers on you know on TV professional side. I've seen them out on the youth field, and I think both are a little bit crazy. But I guess some of us are all a little bit crazy from a goalkeeper perspective. So I've heard, but uh, you know we've got goalkeepers that are trying to psych out a shooter. Why you know that I, I think back to that awesome video. I don't know where it came from, but you know you've got that goalkeeper that's doing cartwheels on the on the touchline or on the uh, the gold line in the gold mouth and. Um, uh, this on a side note then I think if I'm not mistaken the the shooter also does cartwheels after he bangs the ball past the goalkeeper but but nonetheless that's an approach right try to psych a shooter out maybe you're jogging you know kind of jogging over to the right two or three steps then you're moving shuffling over to the left two or three steps and you're just trying to maybe potentially at the last second you take two steps to the left to the right to try to get that kicker at the last minute to change where they're playing the ball that's not a bad strategy again it's it's not backed a whole lot by a a, a realistic approach, but it, it could be an approach that works for you. I, I'm not really sure. It's an option, though. You know, um, if you're bouncing all around the line and you're doing cartwheels, if I'm the kicker, I'm kicking it at you as hard as I can. But maybe that's just me. So, And that still might end up being a save for you. But, you know, I think all these options are at the disposal of, of keepers. And, and Brendan, uh, in closing, since you posed this wonderful question, I think that... You know, I would just encourage your son to try this and to try a couple different other uh, strategies, whether if this is the first one and the last one he sticks with or works with. That's great. But I think that it's important. Maybe you take a blend of a couple different strategies and then that becomes um, your son's different approach to to saving penalty kicks. Right. And I think the best one is the one that works no matter what at the end of the day. So uh, hopefully he'll find something that works out of some of the things we've discussed here today. Play to your strengths, uh, train your reactionary times, and practice a little at the end of every training session and prepare for the next time you guys are facing penalties out there. I think that that'll definitely improve your confidence in the net as as we face penalty either shootouts or penalty spot kicks. Um, again, some of the best keepers in the world are doing this at a very high level, and their their stats, uh, youth goalkeeper, are no better than than yours, and potentially even worse than yours. So have have faith in the fact that you're going through the same things we all have been through. Uh, if you're a coach, the thinking that every time there's a penalty against you, there's no chance in the world that your keeper's saving it. Let's just think through the fact that, listen, they're not supposed to save it, but we have a great opportunity to support them in being that hero of the team, the hero that we need in that moment, the last minutes, the dying minutes of a game. 
That's where keepers shine anyhow, since we are, of course, the best player on the field, right? But no, in all seriousness, this has been another episode of Between the Posts. And again, we thank you, Brendan, for your question. I hope that I was able to sufficiently answer it without confusing everyone too much. I tell you, when I was prepping for this, I was thinking, how in the world am I going to paint a picture when we're talking right, we're talking left, we're talking up, down, all around? I hope I did that. Any questions? Don't forget that that this topic alone came from a question of a listener. Um, I think that that's wonderful. That means that these are things that you're struggling with out there. These are questions you have, challenges you're facing, and we are here to answer those. It would be very easy for me to sit and for me to talk about the the last training session I had or, or how much I'm frustrated with club soccer or how much I don't understand this or that. That, would you find that interesting? Sure, probably you might find that interesting. Some of you, some of you might uh, hate my guts and get annoyed and turn it off. I'm not sure, but it helps us direct our podcast and maneuver our podcast throughout the variety of options, soccer-related options for you, the listener out there. Listen, there's a billion different options for you, and some are really great. Some are more sports-related. Some are more news-related from a soccer standpoint. You know, there's a dozen of different options. We hope that we are the platform that listens to you, uh, that that gives and and delivers content that is not backed by opinions. That's never where we want to be. Uh, even if my opinion is always right. But we don't want to be there. We want to be a podcast. We want to be an opportunity for you, the listener, to spend time with us and to really understand that we're trying to give you the best content, uh, the most relevant content that we possibly can. A few things that you could do to help us would be to to leave us a review to rate our podcast. Now, our podcast plays on all major players uh, if I could rattle them off the top of my head, obviously we're talking iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and about three or four others, Google Play. Uh, we're everywhere that you want to be, I hope, and I and, and if we're not where you want us to be, let us know. We'll be there. But but the bottom line is helping helping us by rating us, reviewing us, even if it's just a few short uh, thoughts, and it, if it's improvements as well, let us know. We're we don't spend our time doing this to not deliver our very best to you guys. And if you have a wonderful suggestion, we're always down to listen to that. So uh, if you have those suggestions or you want to help us get content out to others, um, we know we live in a very tech-savvy world where all of these bots that are scraping along out there in WWW land, look, they're, they're, they're looking for what's most relevant to people, and we want to be most relevant to you guys. I don't need to be number one. We don't need to be number one on the charts. We don't really strive to be number one on the, the, the charts themselves, but we do strive to be number one on the device that you're listening from a perspective that you know every week that you spend some time with us uh, or every few times that you're listening over the week because you, that's just what your time demands of you. We're hoping that we're delivering content that you want, uh, that you want to listen to, you want to come back to, and you look forward to. And if I'm not doing that, uh, I don't know why we're doing it. So we have to continue to ourselves at Between the Post push for you, the listener. You could help us by rating, reviewing, and providing feedback. We're here to listen, to learn, and to evolve, just like coaches are doing and players are doing out there on the fields. We take that same mentality, that same approach. We are coaches. We used to be players. But no matter what, we want to evolve for you as the game around us evolves. Uh, review us, rate us, help us out, subscribe. That's a big one. Man, if I'd have forgot that, somebody would have probably cut me loose. But uh, subscribe to us. That would be wonderful. We would be honored. That also makes listening a lot easier every single time we put out new content. 
But we hope you have found this so informative, so fun, and so helpful as you approach either helping your goalkeeper or you, the goalkeeper, improving your game. Until next time, happy goalkeeping. Goalkeeping.